At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. Good morning, Woodside White Lake. You may have seen the picture this week captured by Associated Press photographer Noah Berger. It was captured Tuesday in Napa Valley, and it shows an inferno surrounding a wooden sign at the entrance to a senior center, inviting visitors, in these words, to wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance, stay safe, please join us. The irony of this picture, surrounded by one of their devastating wildfires right now, quickly caused the picture to go viral. Perhaps many are saying as the single best image to describe the year 2020. Summarizes everything that's happened so far and uh, perhaps signals the months to come still. Okay, definitely signals what's to come in the months still. You know what? Don't come back next week. Forget Napa Valley. This is what Woodside White Lake will look like uh, seven days from now. Right? Forgive the, the cheap editing. Our communications marketing department did a pretty good job on that, I thought. Um, but it's, it's not true, even though we, we found this on the internet. Um, what is true, though, is that we can sometimes be experts at imagining disaster, can't we? We can be experts at imagining disaster. It's one of those common elements of our human existence. Kids in the room. Kids, students, you, you guys know what it's like to imagine disaster or imagine something you're afraid of, right? Maybe it's the dentist, or, or maybe it's a dark room, or maybe it's your parents after the most recent school board update on what's happening this fall. Any of those things can be terrifying, can't they? But kids aren't the only ones, adults in the room will admit, that imagine disaster in their future. Maybe you go through a breakup, and you start having these kind of thoughts. No, no one's ever going to love me again. I'm going to be alone forever. I will ruin relationship I'll ever be in. Or maybe you have children, and every time you send them out to school, a friend's house, or into life or college, you start to panic and worry about everything that could happen and all the things they could get into. And so you know what? You're going to start being an overprotective parent and, and never let them leave because then you can keep them safe. You imagine disaster or you get a new job and you think, man, they're, they're going to find out I'm not nearly as good as my resume makes me look. Maybe you simply wake up and you think everything's getting worse Everyone is going insane. There is no hope for this community left. Can you relate? We're experts at imagining disaster. And psychologists have a name for this. The term is catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. That's an irrational thought pattern where one imagines, sorry, where one imagines that things are going to turn out in the worst possible way. Have you ever been guilty of catastrophizing? Or maybe that's something that plagues you constantly. 
And if that's the case, that, that is something that you want to look into and address because this can severely hamper your life. We're always imagining that catastrophe is coming. Maybe some do it more than you. But something I've noticed is that it seems when we imagine the disaster that's ahead, we don't account for God's presence in those days to come as well. We imagine the future and it's a total disaster, but we've left God out of the story. See, imagine us soon forgetting that God will be present and you'll be experience a now that is absolutely strangled by fear. Right? Imagine us soon forgetting that God will be present then and you'll experience a life right here this week in this moment that is strangled, that is suffocated by fear. Wouldn't we love to live without of the chokehold of fear on our lives? I don't think that's what God intended for humanity that he designed in his image to experience. I don't think that's the way he wanted us to experience living. In fact, it's so against God's heart for us that I think in part he inspired a collection of chart-topping singles, works of literary art that we call the Psalms, as a helpful example to all of humanity for the years to come on how they can face the darkest challenges, the deepest hurts, and the greatest joys of their life with Him. So we're going to continue our series in the book of Psalms today. We're going to be in Psalm 124. You can grab your Bible right now and turn to Psalm 124. And we've called this series that we're in Built for More because we're looking at how our life groups are the traction of our church family, the way our church family accomplishes discipleship, growth, and outreach all at the same time. And even during a very scary year, one of the many benefits of the life group is the chance to get to face that life together in community. And so our text today will speak to our greatest fears. And it does so in a, a really creative and helpful way. So Psalm 124, I'm just going to read the first few verses. It says, a song of ascents of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side... Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when the people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. Psalm 124, it starts with a caption, is a song of ascent or a psalm of ascent. Ascent comes from a verbal root in the Hebrew for to go up. Because Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel, was located on top of a mountain. And so no matter where you were coming from, if you were going to Jerusalem, you were going up to Jerusalem. 
And so there are 15 psalms, Psalm 120 through a Psalm 134, which are psalms of ascent. They're believed to be psalms that the Jewish people would recite or sing together on their way into Jerusalem as they would celebrate some key holidays or gatherings or sacrifices. These are songs of pilgrimage. One of the beautiful things that these songs do for God's people is they compel them to remember together with others in their community some of the truths about God which would then anchor their souls and prepare their hearts for the season of worship they were about to experience. For the time of festivity they were about to experience. So what we can learn from this psalm is something we can do together in the context of our life groups. Because groups give us an opportunity to do many things. But first, they give us the opportunity to ponder together the favor of God. They give us the chance to ponder together the favor of God. Let's dig into Psalm 124 to see how that is. I'm going to start back from the top. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side... Collective ask, let Israel now say, if it hadn't been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away and the torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. This psalm is an antidote against living in perpetual Fear. And it's very clever. Rarely do we find this kind of reasoning in the book of Psalms or even in Scripture. See, David, the, the psalm writer here, the song, does something very opposite in other situations in his life. It's not what he did when he was preparing to go up against Goliath. Do you remember that moment when he was talking to King Saul? trying to convince the king that he, a young boy unprepared for battle, would be able to have victory? What did he say? David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. What David did in that moment was he recalled something that had happened. He recalled God's faithful presence and deliverance that happened in his past. And he reasoned, God's going to do that again in the future. He thought of actual things that happened. God delivered me from this line. God delivered me from this bear. I have experience of God's work, and he's going to do it again. God's faithful. And that's awesome. That, that builds faith. That helps us to trust God. We should all do that. But that's not what Psalm 124 does. David takes a different approach. And and what this means for you and me is we can add this approach, too, to our arsenal of the ways that we fight fear. Let's look at the opening sentence. He starts with a conditional word. He says, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. And then he invites all of, of Israel to join. Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then... David encourages the people reading this psalm to remember the favor of God, to ponder the favor of God by going back into the past and imagining a disaster that could have been if God were not for us. A way we can favor the 
ponder the favor of God is to look at a disaster that could have been if it hadn't been for the fact that God was for us. David's admitting all kinds of things could have gone wrong, but they didn't. They didn't because God was on their side. And that's grace and that's goodness. And he's looking at that and saying, God has shown us favor. Can you marvel at that? David did in his life. I wonder if we ought to take a cue from David and marvel at that in our own lives. I think something we can do if we want to conquer the debilitating and paralyzing condition of fear is to know that we ourselves can know the Lord is on our side. That the Lord is for us. That God has shown us all through our past his favor. And we can ponder together the favor of God. Because how we remember our past, how we remember our life story matters. In the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, clinical doctor John Gottam um, writes about marriages that are in trouble. And from his perspective, he says this, when a couple is entrenched in a negative view of each other and in a negative view of their marriage, they rewrite their past for the worse. In fact, this is the direct quote. He says, the past can be rewritten for the worst. And his example is he says, in a happy marriage, couples go back to their early days and remember them fondly. Even if the wedding day didn't go exactly as planned, all of our newlyweds in this last year have that story. Even if their wedding didn't go exactly as planned, the couple will emphasize the highlights rather than the low points. They'll remember struggles in their life as something they overcame together. They'll speak with admiration for what each other have been through. But in a marriage that's not going well, one of two things typically happen, Gottman says. Either the couple re will remember only the low points of every major event. He was 30 minutes late for the rehearsal dinner. Can you imagine? Or... If they're not just focusing on the low points, they'll barely remember their past. It'll become so unimportant or painful that it fades into oblivion. From Gottman's perspective, the past can be rewritten for the worse, and that affects marriage relationships. But inside or outside of relationships, we rewrite the past all the time. And Psalm 124 invites us, rewrite it for the better with a view for the favor God has shown. Imagine what could have happened if God hadn't been for you. I think we could all spend all afternoon and only make it through the very first years of our existence if we were to seriously ponder the favor of God and all the things that could have gone worse than they did. Verse 2 elaborates on all the things that could have gone wrong. The people would have swallowed them up alive. The flood would have swept them away. It would have been a torrent of raging waters. The psalm writer David, he, he knew people were constantly against him and his people. He'd experienced a lot of hurt. And pick your book of the Old Testament, especially the history from Joshua to Esther. You'll find on almost every page... An example of where people turned against the nation of Israel and tried to eliminate them from history. 
but God chose to protect them or bring them through it or save them out of it. David realizes all that could have happened but didn't because God was on their side. Think about what this psalm teaches us. We don't have to imagine a godless future that's a total disaster. Instead, we can consider a God-filled past of disasters that never happened. We don't have to be strangled by the fear of a godless future where everything goes wrong. We can look back at a past and be strengthened knowing that God has been for us in so many unimaginable ways. So we should ponder the favor of God together. I think that together part matters. There's a reason this song was to be sung as a nation journeyed together to Jerusalem, not just on their own. It's structured as if the collective were together reminding each other of God's goodness to them. And we need that collective experience. Because it's easy for us on our own, right, to tell the story of our lives with, with us in the middle of it all. It's easy for you and me on our own to tell our history with us at the center. To ponder the favor of Ben Hickson. And if things have gone well recently, such a retelling feeds our pride. I've got this. If things have not been going so well lately, such a retelling fuels our insecurities about how we don't have what it takes and how we're only destined for failure. But our story sounds so much different when we remember it with God at the center, his favor to us through those years, and a community can keep us on that track. That's why we think a life group is so powerful. It can help us take our bad news and structure it with God at the center of that. Listening to each other process our pains or our successes can help us see from the wisdom of another experience or another set of eyes or another set of stories how God might be at work. Together our trust grows as we think about the horror that could have been but didn't happen and we can trust God more. So friends, is God at the center of our past? When we look back at our story, is it, is it God that's the consistent thread? Or are we rewriting our past too often with us at the middle? Can you go down memory lane and imagine what could have been? The relationships that never started, the deals that were never made, the illnesses you never contracted, the lifestyles you never experienced. They never came perhaps because God was on your side and you can wonder at that. And if you have regret about your past and you're not so sure God's on your side, I have a word for you in just a moment. But first, yes, together we should gather as a group and ponder God's favor. But the second thing we should do as a group is to ponder his protection, to praise God for his protection for us. Verse 6 of Psalm 124 continues David's thoughts. He says, blessed be the Lord who's not given us as prey to their teeth. Blessed be the Lord who's not given us as praise to our teeth for we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we've escaped. The celebration of our lives with God the center continues on and David talks about us escaping harm's way 
as God being the one who protected us. He uses the metaphor of a bird that's caught in a nest, and it's a, an accurate picture for our lives, right? Fragile, hopeless, trapped, but God broke the trap. He helped us escape. With God on our side, we're not defenseless. So we celebrate him. We celebrate God. It's amazing how often we could have fallen into a snare if God's hand of protection hadn't been with us. Scripture says many things are snares. Maybe it's helpful to look at some of them. The Bible says that a trap or a snare are false gods, the, the wrong alliances, evil work, people's evil schemes against us, our own words, a, a person who steals our faithful love from our spouse, rash promises, dishonest gain, a friendship with a person who's given to be angry, the fear of man controlling our lives, a desire to be rich. There are traps all throughout our human experience. As Jesus told us, the path of life is narrow and it's easy to go to the right or to the left. Simple choice can ruin a marriage. A foolish word can ruin your career. A desire for riches can poison our hearts away from God. People who don't like us can plot against us. Friendships with the wrong people can send us down the wrong life and path and corrupt our character. But for those who walk with God and know that God's on their side, those snares can be broken. We've escaped. The freedom of the gospel is that we're no longer destined to live trapped by our sin. We can experience freedom. So we worship God and praise him for his protection. You know, if things haven't gone well for you, or if things have gone well for you, rather, we shouldn't think it's because we're so smart, or we're so holy, or we're so good, or everyone else should be like us. What our heart's inclination should be is, praise God, because I was in that trap. I would have been in that trap forever. Anything I haven't experienced in life that would have controlled me or consumed me or destroyed me is not because of me. It's because I have a protector who's liberated me. The result of that is trust. A greater trust in God. A conviction, a certainty that he's with us. That he's our help. Our rock, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Our refuge. So together we're able to help each other. Not only praise God for his protection, but then also to put our trust in God. It's something else we should do. Put our trust in God. David says so. Verse 8. He says, our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help, the source that we're looking to, is in the name of the Lord. God is the one we trust. He's our help. He's our Lord. There's that community focus again. That third person plural, you know, like our. In every verse in the psalm, there's a strong communal life, a shared confession there. Life groups. Man, they, they matter. The reason why we take time to show a video and, and invite you to consider making them the essential fabric of your 
worship this coming semester, even if it's a pandemic, even if it's a weird time to get to know people, even if it's going to change your weekly rhythm, we want to remove every obstacle we can. And we want to encourage you with all our heart to be a part of an intentional community. And we, we make that happen through life groups at Woodside. Because we are God's people, and we have seen God's favor, and we need to remind each other of that. And it's an incredible thing to see how God has been on his people's side. To have our faith, our trust reinforced. To help us see that in our own past. We've been talking today about all the disasters that could have been. And the way a community of people can help us see that God is the one who's on our side. But I'm aware that a lot of us live with a lot of regret. Many of us may experience a life that doesn't look like it's been saved from disaster. It, it looks like it was a disaster. We regret choices or words or addictions or things that destroyed relationships. We regret being absent while children grew up. We regret not speaking up against oppression and abuse. You may look back at your past and say, then disaster has come. What if disaster did come? If that's you, if that's your story, I think it will help to know that the same solution that David has been putting forward in his story is also a solution that we need. That by embracing that very confession that this psalm puts forward, we can find help. Verse 8 says, our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord and that's true for everyone no matter how their story has gone. The Lord is on your side. He's for you. He's on your side because we confess that our help is, is on the name of the Lord. And who is our Lord? It's Jesus. And how was he our help? He came and by his life and death and resurrection put us in a right relationship with God when we trust him. Jesus gave up his relationship with God and took our Sin. And sin was our trap. Sin was worse than the disasters we've experienced. It is our disaster as a humanity. But on the cross, sin took, Jesus took our sin, which means that God no longer was on his side in that moment. Because God couldn't be on Jesus' side in that moment, the hatred of man pierced and nailed him to a cross. Because God wasn't on his side in that moment, he cried out in agony, My God, why have you forsaken me? Because God could not be on his side, the wrath of God consumed him until he breathed his very last. And that's what we should have experienced. The perfect son of God lost everything in order to bring us back to God. And the good news for us the fact that he is our help ultimately rests in the fact that what he did was enough. He satisfied God's needed justice and now alive in victory, God is on his side and through his work he is on our side. 
The perfect son of God lost everything to bring us back to God, and he did enough. While we didn't do enough, while we couldn't do enough, and we've experienced a small sampler of how life goes in light of that, even in our disasters, Jesus has done enough. And if you trust him, if you confess him as your help, your Savior and Lord, he'll forever be on your side. Forgiving your sin, erasing your regret, rewriting your past with him as the common redeeming thread. You won't have to imagine a God-filled, sorry, a God-less future. You won't even have to imagine a godless past anymore. You'll be able to imagine and know and experience a God-filled, God-forgiven past, present and future of disasters that never came, that aren't what we're living, and will never come. Our snare becomes forever demolished. We have escaped. Jesus was enough. He was for us. And with that reality, we can know that with God on our side, we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Because our disaster has been rewritten. as his glory for us in, in our place. So God, church family, let's come and worship God right now. Trusting him. Praising him. Because with God on our side, in the year 2020, and the life you've lived and the life you're going to live, God is for you, and we have nothing to fear. Is that something we can praise God for today? Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.